Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 32. Welcome to the Lose the Cape Podcast, where we get real with busy moms and talk about how they survive their daily juggle. If you are a busy mom who believes in the idea of moms helping moms with tips, tools, and resources to survive, this is the podcast for you. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. This is Alexa Bigwarf, your host of the Lose the Cape podcast. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different. I have gone back into our archives, you know, with uh, 33 episodes, 32 episodes, we have quite an archive, as you can imagine. Um, But actually, since it took us two years to get here, uh, there's a good chance that 90% of our listeners now have never heard some of our first podcast episodes. And this one was one you don't want to miss. I interviewed Sarah Swafford, who is a sex expert. Yes, ma'am, she is. But not only is she an expert in sex, she is in particular an expert in helping moms back bounce after baby to enjoy their sex lives again. So um, she has written a book called uh, From Ouch to Awe, The New Mom's Guide to Sex After Baby. And while new baby is a long way in my past, we talk a lot about fun things that I think will be applicable to everybody, including how to talk to your kids about sex. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And please make sure you check out all of our um, our notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 32. Hello, everybody. This is Alexa from Lose the Cape at LoseTheCape.com, bringing you back for another uh, podcast. Lose the Cape is where we like to celebrate all moms and try to support them in their busy lives. And today I'm really excited to be interviewing Sarah Swafford. She is a mom sexpert or a sex educator for moms. And I think this is a topic that a lot of us are afraid to talk about but probably have a lot of questions about. So I'm really excited to pick her brain today. Thank you, Sarah, for being here with us. Thank you, Alexa. I'm thrilled to join you. Yay. Can you just um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and um, and what a sexpert is in, um, to you? <laughs> okay, sure. Well, my name is Sarah, and I have two kids. I have an eight-year-old son who's in third grade, and I have a she just turned five yesterday, so a five-year-old daughter. She's in preschool, and I know it's kind of crazy. I don't have any toddlers anymore, and I have for a long time. So, <laughs> well, we have um, eight children. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying our kids are almost the same age. My son is almost eight, and my daughter just turned five too. So, <laughs> oh really? And have, nice. And I have, get a but I still have a toddler. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I know. Go I know. I'm sorry. It's a, Um, And I, well, I was, before I had kids, I was a sex educator in many different um, realms. I was a sex educator for parents and children and youth. I did a lot of um, sexual abuse awareness and prevention programs. I worked um, for the D.C. Rape Crisis Center in Washington, D.C., and 
did um, work within D.C. public schools, and then I worked in New York City uh, right before my son was born, and I was an HIV health educator for support groups for people living with HIV and AIDS, and most of what I did was sex education also. Um, and then I have done a lot in, I lived in Missouri. I've kind of worked my way across the country. I live in Oregon now. Um, and in Missouri, I worked with at-risk youth and taught sex education to, um, for example, juvenile detention centers or churches that worked with at-risk youth and taught those providers how to uh, provide sex education resources for kids who are at risk of con- getting um, sexually transmitted infections or pregnancy, you know, teen pregnancy. And then I became a mom, and I, you know, was kind of blown away. I was a mom at 26, and I was blown away when all of a sudden I thought I, I really thought I would never want to have sex again. I had a baby, I had a husband I loved, and I was like, yeah, I am pretty sure yeah. I'm done having sex <laughs> forever. <laughs> and I thought something was wrong with me, and I thought, how could this be possible? I'm a sex educator. Um, so then I decided to investigate and research and use my skills as a sex educator, um, and I also have a master's degree in public health, to learn about sex education for moms. And I wanted to know, was I the only mom experiencing this? And I found that I wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, I'm there with you, so I know you're not the only one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, uh, basically, what what happened from that point? You 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 now have a website, and how did you did you did the book come first, or did your website come first, or do you want to tell us <laughs> about your book while we're talking it, about it? It was kind of all at the same time. I started blogging um, anonymously at first, just kind of writing thoughts about what sex looks like as a new mom. And um, <clears throat> I guess I should, I should go back. I, I, what really started it is I am a part of a wonderful moms group. And um, it was, it's a book club. We read books and mostly talk about, you know, anything other than the book usually, uh, <laughs> along with many glasses of wine. But we were on a book club retreat. We went away for a weekend. It's actually the only time we've ever, yes, we did it one other time. We did it one other time. My book club needs to step it up. What? I said my book club needs to step it up. (laughs) We don't go on retreat. So amidst, you know, talking late into the night, we, you know, this group of, you know, nine women, we ended up talking about sex. And we were all moms of babies and toddlers. And within that group of nine women, I, by this time, I had my second child, and I had kind of realized that I wasn't alone in, you know, you know, feeling like my sexual desire had disappeared. It had come back. It, you know, it kind of, I realized that there was this, these waves that, that happen in a mom's life of sometimes you feel like it, sometimes you don't, but I wasn't alone. But on this mom's, on this mom's retreat, we ended up talking late into the night about sex, and among this group of women, there was a mom who literally had sex every day. Like, oh my God. crazy, you know, had sex every day. There was a mom who hadn't had sex in years. There was a mom who had a chronic illness that made sex incredibly painful and very difficult. And so she was having to reevaluate and redefine her sex life. And then the rest of us were in the middle, right? Like, sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes we're excited, sometimes it's the last thing we feel like doing. So I realized that there was this huge spectrum of um, 
you know, sexual experiences for moms, and I decided to investigate. So I spent uh, a year re- uh, interviewing moms across the country about their sex life, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and based on that information, I tried to I, – I, I, focused on what was the key, when is this pivotal point that moms have a crisis? And it is right after we have babies. Um, Not for every mom, but for lots of moms. And so I wrote my book, From Ouch to Awe, The New Mom's Guide to Sex After Baby, using these interviews, using my research, and my own experience also uh, as a sex educator and also as a mom to write this book, walking new moms through, whoa, why is sex so different? Will you ever want to have sex again? And what to do with all these different difficulties or factors that you might be dealing with? So, um, can you give us a couple of hints for the brand new moms that are in that phase right now? Like, what what do you advise to them, or do what? Is it a prescriptive type book, or just? Um... It's it's not. I mean, what I I really don't. You know, what I wanted was an alternate to. Uh, just put on some stiletto heels and wear lingerie and lipstick when you have right. a screaming, crying baby, and that's going to make you feel sexy because that sure as hell didn't make me feel sexy. <laughs> it didn't work for right. me. So I, you know, what I, what I, what my book does is it, it's, it, it's not prescriptive, but it does take um, what I found in my research. It explains and normalizes why um, sex is so different as a new mom. Because that's that was that was my like crisis was am I normal is this normal what's going on I no one else is talking about this so really it normalizes like yeah no a lot of moms this is really challenging your body has completely changed your breasts may not belong to you anymore you are exhausted you're obsessed in your brain with your baby so it normalizes all of these experiences um, and then it gives tips that other moms have have found helpful. It, sh- it you know, kind of sh- shares some of the science behind why these things are happening. And it gives, I don't, wouldn't call it prescriptive, but it, I, I you know, compiled a lot of uh, sexual research and also relationships research on how to, because really the key thing to get you through this time is having really good communication skills with your partner and um, keeping those lines of communication open in a way that make both partners feel validated. And so it, it, it walks through moms a lot of these things, through a lot of these, these factors. And then there's also a, a component about instead of identifying our sexuality as belonging to only to with our partner or only within our relationship, you know, sometimes that can feel overwhelming. So getting back in touch with your own eroticism or your own sensuality as a woman first, that can be that can be a lot easier and a lot more empowering. It's not easy, but it's you know, it's a, I think it's kind of a, a first step before focusing on sexuality only with a partner. To to think about it as I am a sensual woman inside of me. What does that mean? What does that look like? And getting to know that aspect of yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, what about, so now obviously you're well outside of the newborn phase, so what about women who are still several years down the road? Is that still normal to be, (laughs) if you have small children, being still exhausted and not really um, 
into like, <laughs> um yeah i think it is <laughs> i i i would um, say so i mean we had kind of a yeah. similar experience with uh with my mom's club actually one night we were uh, all of us in the same stage you know ma- some of us with babies and some of us with a little bit older kids but everybody's just still like run ragged and so tired and and um you know we decided we could almost see see the appeal of being lesbians because we could just have perfect partnerships with women <laughs> who took uh-huh. care of each other and didn't desire sex <laughs> yeah well i think lesbians None of us went that way though. but <laughs> yeah. oh my yeah yeah no i think it's something that um a lot of moms struggle with, and I think especially having, it's not just babies for sure. Um, I think that's when, you know, kind of this identity crisis occurs at first, but having toddlers is tiring. Having little children is tiring. They are wonderful, needy, intense little creatures that um, require a lot from us, and so all the time. And so then having a partner who you also who may be wanting to connect with you physically um, and feeling like you should be connecting with that person physically it's it's really a struggle and um, what what I think is really important is to remember that if you are having a hard time right now if you're having sexual difficulties if you feel like your libido has disappeared and you don't know that it's ever going to come back just remembering that what is right now is not forever I think that can be like a mantra that all moms should keep in our, like printed on our walls, right? Same thing with our kids. Same thing with changing diapers. Whatever it is, as it is right now, is not how it's going to be forever. Um, Because it can feel really scary and it can feel threatening to a relationship when um, we are having, you know, disparate libidos and you, you know, if you have a partner that wants sex more than the other partner. Um, And they're also, you know, so what I... I really want to get back to is that, you know, I kind of expected all, to be honest, I was kind of thinking that when I researched and interviewed all these moms, everyone's experience would be very similar to mine. You know, I think maybe that's my, you know, your little self-validation hope. And what I found is that there's a huge spectrum, you know, kind of as my book club had shown me. um, And, you know, there are moms with very vibrant, dynamic sex lives. So I tried to use what they, you know, learn from them. What is it that is different for these moms, right? And um, and it doesn't mean that it's always been like that for them. Right. So just remembering that there's a spectrum amongst moms and in our own lives regarding our sexuality and our sexual desire. And um, what did you find? Was there any commonality? Were they very physically fit or were they like, uh, you know, what was there anything common between these women that... Um, you know, I I do think, and this at some point is something I would love to write about also, I, I do think that having um, a, like a healthy sexual self-esteem yeah. can stem from a lot of things, and I think that when we are raised as children to think that sex is dirty or bad, that can definitely have, play, have an influence. That does not mean that all moms who grew up in a very strict household aren't having great sex. But um, I think that women who then, as adults, have a hard time getting past um, that idea of sex being something that is, um, you know, 
that isn't really to be enjoyed or pleasure about pleasure but is kind of tied into shame, that can be one aspect, right? Because then then you are a mom and all of a sudden you really don't feel like having sex and so there's there's shame involved. So kind of when you can, a lot of it is, you know, women who are able to accept um, the way they're feeling and kind of move past the shame but just be perhaps proactive. Um, and by proactive, I mean, I mean my, my top sex tip for any mom, I have two of them. One is do your kegels. Kegels, you know, there's a, there's a great book um, by a sex therapist, and she says she thinks that 60 kegels a day can, like, save a sex life. And um, she, the reason is because, the, you know, our kegels are, are strengthening our pelvic floor. They make orgasm more easy. And it, it's like almost like a little reminder. If you do many kegels throughout the day, it's like that little warmth and that little reminder like, hey, this is a part of me. This is happening. Okay, I can. It's like touching, touching base with your own sexual power, sensuality. Um, my other sex tip for moms is um, getting a really good vibrator and masturbation. Um, I think that, <laughs> I think that really, truly, especially for moms that um, have lost their libido or have a really hard time getting in the mood, which is what I hear over and over again, um, ha- finding a way to take the pressure off and not thinking you have to get in the mood with your partner on a timeline, but exploring it on your own can be incredibly empowering. Okay. You heard it from Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay, well, I don't really know where to go from there. <laughs> uh, um, okay. So, well, those are good tips. I'll make sure they are covered in my um, in my show uh, notes. But um, so <laughs> since you wrote the book and you've obviously, you know, been keeping up with your blog, what other um, – are you working on any other books or do you have any other projects or um, – I know on um, right now. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, by the time this is uh, is launched on the website, your Facebook group will be long over. But do you have plans? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? And, and um, do you have plans for anything like that again in the future? I definitely do. You know, this Facebook group has been really exciting this week. Um, you kicked it off to such a great start on Monday. It was wonderful, and um, I think that over the past few days, it's been really, um, it's been really special seeing this community blossom and all of these women sharing. Um, just to be a little more specific, the Facebook group is a closed Facebook group for moms where, and the reason I made it closed is I was realizing I have, you know, I have a professional Facebook page and I put all kinds of sex tips and sex ideas and research on, you know, sexual research, but there are very few comments <laughs> because it shows up in your newsfeed, right? Right. And... You know, I hey, my biggest, you know, becoming like a mama sex expert online, my, my biggest hurdle to get over was the fact that I have two grandmothers who are active presence, have active presences on the Internet, including Facebook. <laughs> That's wonderful. And or not I, so wonderful. wonderful. And it's been, but it took me about two years, you know, oh, I did everything. I would hide the post that had my website and they knew what I was working on. But I had a really hard time writing a blog post about masturbation knowing 
this might go straight to my grandma's inbox. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> wow. So that was a big one for me. And so having this closed Facebook group has been, and by the way, my grandmas were wonderful and wonderfully supportive. And <laughs> my grandma was the first woman to write a, she wrote a review about my book on Amazon. It's so, it's very sweet. It made me cry, actually. Oh, <laughs> that's a good grandma. Yeah, oh, a wonderful grandma. And, you know, I realized, like, I'm sure they're like, oh, Sarah, come on, you know. And my mom my mom also ha- helped me edit my book. And at one point she's like, Sarah, you know, we are all moms. We know how babies are made. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it at least once, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so luckily I have a really supportive um, family, sex-positive family who, you know, is, is all about embracing and, um, you know, this normal aspect of, every, of of human life. You know, really, it makes the world go round, right? Um, anyway, I forgot what you're – oh, yes, what am I working on right now? Yes. Uh, so the Facebook group, having this closed Facebook group has been really fun to see, um, you know, what women are sharing. We haven't talked about sex very much yet. The tomorrow, so I'm hoping, you know, there will be some good – uh, sharing about that as well, and, and just food for thought. I really, you know, my my purpose with the Facebook group is um, to to create a space where women can share their experiences, and that you know normalizes our own experiences and validates um, validates if you're having a hard time, if you're having a good time, it validates your experience, and also we learn. I mean, the, the the main way I'm able to write, I was able to write my book is by learning from other moms. Uh-huh. So getting other moms' tips and ideas and what works for you, you know, and this relates to your work as well when you're, how do moms manage it all, right? right. Um, I mean, that's, I think that's the beauty of motherhood. And my husband always comments on how much women talk to each other and, huh. you know, share with each other and learn from each other because he doesn't have that same experience among his male friends. Right. Um, so in the future, I'm hoping to do more Facebook groups, maybe a continuation of this one. Um, I am going to, in March, uh, release my book in paperback and um, definitely, you know, maintain my website and uh, I definitely would like to have eventually a series of books on different sexuality topics. Um, Sex Education for Children is a, is a little pet project of mine. It's a, a love of mine. And one way that I do that is I, on my website, I have all kinds of resources. I have resources for online sex shops. If you want to buy that first vibrator, for example, um, uh, relationship experts. It's all tied together, right? I have books. Um, if you are having difficulties or wondering about some aspect, here are books that you can look up. Um, in my hometown, my friends know I have basically a, a, lent, a sex book lending library. <laughs> you know, it'd be, moms come to me and they're like, okay, this is what's going on in my life. And I'm like, okay, read this book, you know. So it's all about connecting moms with information that will empower um, empower them. Right. And finding so, new ways to do that. Um, I, I love that. And and that's basically, I mean, kind of the whole concept behind the book that we're writing too is, is – um, empowering moms to realize that you don't have to be perfect, that we're all good at our own thing and, you know, celebrate those things and don't worry about what you're not good at. And 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 then we give a bunch of tips if you really want to get better at certain things. 
That's you know. wonderful. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. We'll see. We're actually getting ready to um, put out our uh, a bonus chapter on our website to kind of entice people oh, to sign up for our newsletter. So you'll have oh, to, wonderful. You'll have to get it. I know. I think especially with moms so often – we see this, you know, this media version of what a mom has to be, and that applies to what you're doing, you know, getting it all done, how you get it done. Everyone, you know, you're supposed to be the mom who gets up early and makes, you know, beautiful bento boxes for your child and right. looks perfect You go drop off your kid at school. None of that happens in my life, you know. <laughs> and I, it's taken me, you know, a long time to just be like, I am not that woman, and I don't need to be that woman, and I have different strengths. And I think that applies sexually as well, kind of this this identity crisis of how am I a mom and in tune with my child's needs, but also have the essential sexual woman with needs of my own and desires, and it's okay to, to, to want those desires and to be, you know, to be that woman. And I love it that you, that you come at it from that aspect, because I think that a lot of moms in this period of life with being so, like, worn down and everything, we've completely forgotten about our own wants and and desires i lump myself into this but i'm of course it's just hypothetically right <laughs> yes <laughs> we course, of course that, that, I will, we, I will. that we have forgotten about our own needs and it's all just about taking care of everybody else's needs including our husbands you know yeah. so i love it that you that you take that standpoint well and really uh, i mean you know as like i said part of what i do is you know sex is not as moms, we know this, right? Like, how many of us have had sex and have, like, the grocery list running through our head? Sex does not happen in a vacuum, and our, you know, sexuality is not in a vacuum, unfortunately. Um, and that's actually why sometimes women struggle with libido issues. It's because it's this inability to turn off parts of the brain that are multitasking and turn on the part of the brain that's related to pleasure. And um, there was a point of this. There was a point to what I'm saying, <laughs> but I kind of lost it. Um, anyway, I don't know. I'll come back to it in a second if I think of it. Okay, that sounds good. Well, I had, I had, I don't know, maybe I said something about you um, bringing it back to us and our own desires and what we need oh, to get out of it and not just, yeah, taking care of somebody else. Um, yeah, well, oh, so I, I did remember. Do you want me to go ahead? Okay, yeah. So, and so when I, when I, you know, look at relationship research, what it really shows is the happiest relationships are those where um, individuals have, are kind of seeing to their own needs and not depending on our partner to see to our needs. doesn't mean we can't have expectations from our partner, but it's like, and this has been probably my biggest struggle as a mom. I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. I'm a working-from-home mom, is finding ways to identify my own needs, say that that, you know, think that it's okay to say, wow, being home all day long with a two-year-old is not making me feel like a human by the end of the day. You know, that was something <laughs> for me. I had to identify that. Um, and what is it that will make me feel like a human? And complaining to my husband, that's not actually working. So maybe there's another way I could look at this. And so relationship um, research uh, really looks at at happy couples who last a long time, which you know, in my marriage, I want to be, I want to be grand, I want to be a grandma with my husband someday. Um, so I, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out, and it's finding those ways to fulfill your own, identify and fulfill your own needs, and that's where 
letting go of guilt because really if you are able to let go of guilt and say these are my needs and this is what I this is what I'm going to have to do to take care of myself you're more likely to stay happily married you know and your kids are going to be happier too because they see a fulfilled happy mama and that applies so that applies to your sexuality as well if you can make that logical leap with me yeah i'm i'm leaping <laughs> <laughs> so Speaking of being a mother of two children, I'm really curious as to, um, well, I guess maybe your children's book will help you get here, but what what are you going to do when your kids start asking what you do? And, um, I mean, I suppose you're very comfortable talking about sex with children. In my household, it was like nobody ever said a word about it, so <laughs> I did not want to talk to my mom about anything related to sex, but... So now I'm trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to bridge the topic with my kids? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, both of my kids know all about it. <laughs> oh, well, okay. There you go. <laughs> I was I was joking with a friend, actually. Um, her kids, like, you know, you know, she still says, God gave mommy babies in her tummy. You know, that's what her, that's what she tells her kids. And, and she's like, I don't even know where to start. And I said, well, you can hire my children if you need. I don't know exactly how factual the information that your kids will receive, but my kids have a grasp on the basics, you know. Um, you know, I I was raised in a family. My mom is really great. My mom's a pastor, actually. She's a minister. Oh, wow. And, I wouldn't have expected that. Uh, but she, I mean, I have two younger brothers, and so I know that at the age of five, when she was pregnant with my little brother, I knew how babies were made. And so that's kind of the approach I took was um, kind of following my kid's lead and you know, I had a three-year-old when I was pregnant, and he would ask, how are babies made? And so I'd talk about the sperm and the egg. And then as he got a little older, he um, heard my husband calling me sexy. And he goes, Mom, what's sexy? Or he kept calling me sexy. He's like, oh, Mama, you look so sexy. And so I would say, you know what, that's kind of more of a term that is appropriate between adults. Like, that's a term that Daddy can use towards Mommy and things like that. And he goes, well, Why? And I said, well, uh, so it, it basically, and it's funny because I, um, I, you know, I'm a sex educator, but it threw me. Like, I had it all planned out exactly how I was going to broach the subject. And it came to a head. We're, like, at the mechanic shop and sitting there waiting for a car to get fixed. And Sebastian is five. And he's like, well, Mom, what's sex? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we're doing this right now. Okay. Right now, right here. Because <laughs> oh I always get said to myself, I'm going to follow my child's lead. And that is where, that is when he decided he was going to ask me. So I told him, and it was just this pause. And he was like, that's <laughs> disgusting. And then he, didn't, he did not want to talk about it for about a week. And then we revisited it. And then we revisited it. And then, so it's what I, what I really think is, I think as pa- some parents who are worried about having the talk is it's really talks. We're having talks. We're talking about sex and sexuality and, and reproduction. I mean, really what we're talking to our children when we first talk about it is reproduction, heterosexual reproduction, how babies are made between a man and a woman. And, na- and you know, nowadays there's in vitro. There's, you know, so it's really starting with this one basic point and building on it little by little. And so you don't have to cover all your bases right away, and it's okay to be, you know, to feel awkward. I felt awkward, and I'm a sex educator. Um, <laughs> because it's your baby, and you somehow feel like the minute I 
break this open, I am changing their life view. Not really. You know, two years later, I so it was like maybe when he was seven, something happened, and he goes, Mom, what sex? And I'm like, wait a second. We've done that before. <laughs> and he's like, I don't remember. And so I told him again, and again he's like, oh, gosh. I'm like, are you kidding me? I Here I am thinking I'm, you know, doing <laughs> doing it little by little. Now, my daughter came home knowing the information from school. So there you go. Like, I overthought it both times, and both times it's, you know, gone very differently from what I what I thought. But my main tips for parents are um, try as much as you can to not act embarrassed because then, then your kids, you really want your kids to come to you with questions. They're going to hear all kinds of things at school, and they will get factual information from you. And not only factual, but talking about values. You know, every family has their own set of values about sexuality. And so it's really, and kids take their cues from their parents. And so that's, that is, if you are able to, you know, really make them feel comfortable bringing information to you and asking you about it, that is key. And then there's, there are all kinds of resources online when you're not sure what to do or how to handle it. And, you know, you can learn. But just kind of opening that up with your child in a way that they know they can always talk to you is really number one. Okay. That's a good point. Um, well, I I, ho- I don't know. My son's almost eight. I imagine the talk's going to come soon. But he's just, he's so, <laughs> so naive and innocent. But, I mean, you know, I grew up in a family with three sisters, so the, I had no exposure to boys other than at school and, and uh-huh. about and so it's totally different raising one boy and two girls. I mean, they see each other naked all the time. It's not a uh-huh. there's not this like huge like you know oh my gosh a boy or whatever. So I think it'll I think it will be a lot easier to talk to them about it. But then again, I'm freaking out because I'm like, well then they're oh you know they know about each other's body parts <laughs> and for them to imagine like that yeah I don't know I gotta I got I'm gonna have to prepare myself. <laughs> <laughs> there are my favorite books for kids are by Robie Harris, R O B I E Harris. And um she has these and they're all she has different levels for different ages. And um so a book can be a really great way to take the pressure off. Hey, let's let's look at this book together. And you could even get for him, you could get the four year old book. You know, but just start there. And um Go back up a little. <laughs> and and the key thing is like, I know it's so hard to feel like we're it feels like we're sexualizing children. I think that's the, the fear with a lot of parents to talk to their children. But really, for kids, this is something adults do, you know, in right. the best of all worlds. You know, we, you know, this is something adults do. And, and so, you know, I, that, that's both of my kids have been like, well, I'm never going to do that. And I know I've the same thing. I'm never going to have, I'm only going to adopt babies. I'm like, that is just fine. Don't you worry about it, you know? <laughs> and then the other question is, you and Daddy did that? <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Good luck, Alexa. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, You're going to well, be husband, great. My husband is very open about all that kind of stuff, so I'm pretty sure if, if I can't handle the conversation, he will be more than factual. Oh, that's them. great. <laughs> that's what tag teaming is all about. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, this conversation has been greatly entertaining and um, and enlightening, and I hope that 
I hope that for any moms who are listening who, you know, may be struggling with these questions that they've answered them. But um, I will put in the show notes all the contact information for you, and it's sarahjswafford.com, right? Yeah, Swafford is S-W-O-F as in Frank, F as in Frank, O-R-D. So okay, it's kind of an odd spelling. But, um, yeah, yeah, and I have all kinds, again, all kinds of resources, and I love talking to moms. So I really encourage if any mom has, difficulty or wants to ask a question, reach out to me. My email is on my website. And, um, I mean, I have I get emails from moms who are like, can I talk to you at soccer practice? And then we'll walk <laughs> walk the periphery and, they're you know, we're, we're talking about their sex life. And I love it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's all about shared knowledge, in my opinion. So That's great. That's wonderful. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much. I appreciate this. I know you've got a busy week this week. And, thank you, Alexa, for having me. This has been really fun. Well, great. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed episode 32 with Sarah Swafford, sex expert. Thankfully, our recording quality has gotten a lot better since we recorded that episode. Um, If you want to see the uh, show notes, the links we talked about, and all the good stuff, uh, the book recommendations, etc., please make sure you check check out the show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 32. If you like this episode and liked all of our episodes, we really would like you to go over to iTunes and leave us a review and follow us. That'd be awesome so that more people can see us and follow our podcast too. Thanks so much. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.